Welcome back to Top 5 Disco. I'm Josh. And I'm Adam. And we are back delving deeper into the discography of Counting Crows. Last week, we discussed the band's sunny fourth album, Hard Candy. And this week, we're going to talk about their dynamic concept album, Saturday Nights and Sunday Mornings. Here we go. Okay, so last week, we spoke about Hard Candy, their fourth album. A couple of lineup changes happened between that and the next album. So first of all, we had mentioned earlier that midway through the Hard Candy tour, Ben Mize, the drummer we know and love, left to spend more time with his family, pursue other music, so no, no bad blood there, um, replaced by Jim. Bogus. Bogus. I always <laughs> want to say Bogwa. Um, of Cheryl Crow and Ben Fold's fame. Cheryl yep. Crow, we knew on American Girls, and Ben Fold's, we heard referenced on Monkey. Exactly. So that's a fun little connection. <laughs> After the Hard Candy Tour, Matt Malley left. Matt. The bassist for the last four records left. Two which, very key members in Counting Crow's the rhythm section. Yeah, lineup. Exactly. Um, and it sounds like they went through a couple different maybe bass players. They they landed on Jim for for drums, and they had a couple different bass players, but eventually landed on Millard Powers, who actually himself worked with Ben Folds in yeah. another one of his early bands. I think so, Majosha or something. Uh, I didn't even look that up. <laughs> so anyway, they've got uh, two new members. Um, concurrently, the band released the films about Ghost Greatest Hits that we talked about briefly. Um, this was released in 03. Um, then they toured in 03 with John Mayer, Maroon 5. So we talked a lot how, how poppy the last record was. I don't know if this was because of the record label, because right. how poppy the album was, but they were going on tours with it these probably big gave pop rock them acts another surge of popularity. Yeah. I don't know if, was the tour you're talking about to tour around Accidentally in Love? Was it because of Accidentally in Love? That, no, no, no. This was a tour in uh, 2003. Accidentally in Love didn't come out until 2004. Oh yeah, that's that's right. It's uh, They were basically touring for five years. They toured in support of Heart Candy, Films About Ghosts, and then Accidentally in Love. So there was just a lot of touring going on after Heart Candy. And we shouldn't necessarily, we can talk about it later if it comes up in our B-sides and non-album singles and song sections, but Accidentally in Love was a huge hit for them. It got all this acclaim, Grammy, nom, Because it was featured in on... Shrek 2. It was, it was written for Shrek 2. Right. And I said that that may have been actually my first exposure to The Crows, which is you know very different from most of their yeah. work, but fantastic song. Uh, in 2006, they released New Amsterdam, a live album we've talked about on subs, uh, on previous episodes. That was actually recorded in 03, though. Um, right. But it was, you said, the first um, uh, record with J- uh, Jim on it as yep. drummer. So, so, yeah, like you said, they aggressively toured for five years. And then I read this story about how Adam was sort of in Perth, Australia, which is a very desolate place. Mm. I think he explained it as... The most isolated city in the world, where they're, like the the distance between Perth and the mes- next major city is like infinite. Wow! And so all of a sudden he lost his grandmother, and he lost, you know, based on this interview, I couldn't tell if he meant she passed or he broke up with her. I saw, the, I read the same interview. But, I'm pretty sure she passed away. So he lost his grandmother and his girlfriend in five. What he says is in five minutes he got those two phone calls at the same time. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was just like hitting him at this moment where he realized he didn't want to make any records. His life was falling apart. Uh, he wanted to figure out his his life, his mental illness. He was just on a downward spiral. Yeah, it, five years touring, like that will take a toll on you. And all of that happening, I, he just, he was losing his mind. That's what he claims. So he 
decided not to write. And then all of a sudden, he revisited this song from the Hard Candy Sessions called 1492. Which blows How this my was mind. a song on Hard Candy, I have absolutely no idea. Because it is so heavy and fast. The punkest, so heavy. fastest, heaviest song since... Angels of the Silences. And the lyrics are much darker than anything else, I think, on um, Hard Candy. Maybe not Black and Blue, but it's different. And so after he heard that, I love this. I love these types of stories. He heard that record and was like, oh, yeah, there is a record I want to make with like from this. Mm. So they started to just make a hard rocking record, which didn't have a name. We'll call it right now Saturday Nights. Uh, and then I think... Adam wrote more songs that were thematically a little different, and he realized there was another record that he wanted to make, which was going to be a lot more somber and acoustic. And then there was this idea of putting them together as sort of a double album uh, that had this theme of sort of sin and redemption or the binge and the Well, he actually has said it specifically that Sunday Mornings is not redemption. I've seen multiple things where he's called it. But the duality of you know, Saturday nights when you sin and Sunday, like he said this before and Sunday is when you ask for forgiveness or something like that. But yeah, like you said, they, they started writing or recording this whole record. They brought back Gil Norton from recovering the satellites. And we all, we, you guys know how much we love that record. And so that's super exciting. And then they realized, yeah, he had all these sort of softer, more somber songs. Adam actually, did a bunch of internet research to see who was making the best indie folk music of the time. He literally went on the internet, went through all music. Amazon started getting all these albums, listening to them, finding out their, you know, right. people are listening to, and they found and settled on Brian Deck to produce. So this album is really two albums produced by two different people. And Brian Deck is, I mean, did you, you know who he is? I know Iron and Wine is the big one Iron for and me, Wine and Modest Mouse. Right. So this is like... Big Modest time. Mouse, I only know Float On, so I don't know the rest of their stuff. I don't know if some of their other music is like it's actually that indie folk kind of thing. Yeah, it's indie, but it's also aggressive at times hmm. and rocky, especially their older albums. But okay. anyway, they've got two big talents coming in to produce sort of two different albums at the same time. But yeah, he found an interesting way of arranging and putting them together. Again, they're sort of back to back. They're not sort of mixed in with each other. Right. But um this album was eventually planned for a November release date. I actually recently got the August and everything after deluxe edition, and inside the CD, right. there's a little they say there's a little thing that says, "Oh, Saturday Night Sunday Morning is coming out November 07. Right, and I'm like, "Wait, that didn't come out in 07. Mm. So basically, Adam requested that it be delayed because he felt like there was not enough promotion going into the album, that mm. the artwork wasn't done, something like that. So anyway, they pushed it to 08. So March 25th, 2008. Saturday nights and Sunday mornings, their fifth album comes out. So we already spoke that Gil Norton produced Saturday nights. He also produced the last song, Come Around. But we'll talk about it. To me, Come Around either feels like Saturday nights or is more like the last song that doesn't include either side. It's sort right. of like the ending conclusion. Yeah. Um, this album or this part of the album was actually recorded and mixed in New York City for the first time. So they've always been like in and Hollywood and California. It, I mean, he claims it's he's like I think in the liner notes, various houses on hills. Because again, I think up until this point they have constantly been at whether it's a casino or a house on a hill or that kind of in thing. Hollywood. I think now they've actually started getting into recording studios, which okay. is interesting. Just I mean, maybe that's the best way they could do it. <laughs> and then the Sunday mornings half produced by Brian Deck. Um, but was recorded and mixed in Berkeley, California. So mm-hmm. 
these are two of Adam's hometowns, right? right. Sort That's of- right. Since then, not that it's extremely crucial, but Adam moved to New York. He moved to Greenwich Village. Uh, so this album, I mean, the album cover, which I really don't like. Me either. Yeah. Um, it's basically a, a photo of Empire the Empire State, State Building. Building through kind of a rain, rainy like lens, dew glass window, yeah. or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of stuff on this uh, that is related to New York, which is just kind of interesting. And I love listening to this album in New York. In New York, yeah. There's a lot of references, yeah, lyrically. What I thought was interesting is, you know, we talked about the new band members, uh, Millard Powers mm-hmm. and Jim Boyges. 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 This is Jim Boy Genius. In the lyric or in the liner notes, they credit Millard Powers separately. They basically say, you know, for all these things that he does and general all around unflappable musical genius. Yeah. They clearly, you know, love this guy and mm-hmm. sort of love what he brought to the band. They also credit uh, Emmy for doing all the background vocal arrangements on the album, which is really cool, except for anyone but you, which yeah. was Adam. Mm-hmm. But um, also they thank Chris uh, Caraba from Dashboard Confessional in the liner notes. I'm just always interested to see yeah. who's influencing who or, or what sort of friendships he's made at the time. This album actually went to number three on the Billboard, which is insane to me. The only thing I can think is that just like August spurred Recovering, recovering, which hit number one, that hard candy spurred this hitting number three. Well, I don't that, like, know. The anticipati- anticipation since the, but this has been six years. By the way, this is the longest time they've ever had between records. Right. And well, you said that Adam delayed the release because there wasn't enough promotion going into it. Maybe they really just upped it. No doubt, all the promotional photos they still use these days are from those photo shoots oh, over really? ten years ago. <laughs> There was something about that period they were really trying to get get moving again. Mm. It was a very long time. It was six years since the release of the last album. So I think they really put a lot into promoting it. Uh, that's that's. It. I actually didn't know. I didn't know it was that high on Billboard. Because yeah. I don't think this is very well It's not reviewed well reviewed received. at all. And... And I'm in shock. I'm in shock. I'm in total shock. <laughs> this is an insane album. I love this album. Me too. I love this album. And this was the first album that I was anticipating because, like I said, I got into the Crows in 0304. Right. And this is the first time I had like five years of, of loving their music and discovering all their records and, you know, hearing that a new album was coming out, getting that leaked Cowboys, hmm. getting the first single, which was 1492 and Michelangelo seeing them live for the first time. It was, this was cementing my love for this band. And then this album came out and I was like, holy shit, there are so many great songs here. Adam knows this. Just before we started recording this, I, I, I can't finish my list. I'm looking at my <laughs> list. How can I leave off five of these songs? Like I have, I have 10 songs here. Yeah. Out I of mean, 14. As we usually say, unless it's a band that I guess we don't love as much as most of the other bands that we've covered on this podcast, these lists are very fluid because it just depends on what we're listening to this week or that kind of thing. There are so many good songs on this album. It was very hard, I'm sure, for both of us to actually pick it. But I'm just going to be embarrassed when I don't have the right songs on here. But there's but, no right or wrong. Yeah. Um, I think that this album is full of amazing performances from every single member of the band. You know, remember when we did, uh, before we even had a podcast and we were just texting about all of the albums for the Beatles, we didn't even get to Abbey Road, which is insane. (laughs) But I remember even writing for that in my own notes, this is just the best performances of every member of the Beatles. 
And this is, I kind of feel the same way about this. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I, I'm pretty sure. I think that Jim is just, he came in as the drummer and he is just ripping it. And then he plays very nice percussion on the second half. And I think all the bass work, all the guitar work noodling, Adam is his best vocals, I think, the most emotive. Yeah, I just, and the production on this album is also perfect. On both sides, too. Honestly, I don't hear, it, it blends together well for me. It's not like, oh, this is very clearly produced by someone else. It just, everything is so audible. Everything has a its perfect place in the mix. Something I cannot say about the subs, the following album, yeah. uh, which we will talk about in the next episode. But yeah, this album showcases this band's extremely wide range of abilities. The fact that they can play the hardest they ever have, maybe minus Angel, uh, Angels of the Silences, and the most delicate or the most bare yeah yeah it's amazing what an amazing band and an amazing accomplishment it's their most mature sounding album to date i think i actually really do i don't know what it is about it sonically that just sounds so mature to me all right let's just go through this even while you were talking, I just changed one, but I hate it. <laughs> Thanks uh, for listening. <laughs> I <was> listening. <laughs> but I just looking at my list and I'm just not happy with it. Okay. My number five is Sundays. My number five is Hanging Tree. Awesome. My number four is Cowboys. My number four is When I Dream of Michelangelo. My number three is When I Dream of Michelangelo. My number three is Washington Square. My number two is On a Tuesday in Amsterdam Long Ago. I know you love that song. My number two is Cowboys. Oh, yeah. And my number one song on this album, I don't know if you can anticipate it. No. Is No Question, Come Around. Wow, uh, I don't know how I feel oh, about this. You better Josh. feel good, boy. Oh my god, <laughs> what? Great song. Don't get me wrong, but what? Yeah. That's your favorite song on this album? Yes. Was that hard for you to do, or no? That was for no, sure. The first two were cemented completely. What? The last what? two songs on this whoa, record. Whoa, the what? last what? two songs what? on this album. <laughs> what are you saying are, right now? Are <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Go ahead. Come around. My number one. Hands fucking down is Sundays. Ooh, I just got chills. <laughs> I love that oh, song. Wow, I'm so glad because the switch I made at the last second was really hard for me to do was Sundays in Washington Square. Mm. That Washington Square has always been one of my favorites on this album. I yeah. learned I used to know it on guitar, I played mm-hmm. it all the time. I'd sing it all the time, but Sundays is amazing. How is come around not even on your list? How because it's good. It's just not. This is the incredible good night LA of this album. If if you want to say, I'm excited. I'm excited that you're calling attention to these other songs. Oh my god, come around is come around is great. It's just not is everything at the same. And I will talk about it in detail (laughs) when we get to that. Okay. So before we get into our top five, I'm just curious what else fought for you because again. For me, 1492, I adore. Hanging Tree, so glad yeah. that was on yours. I love that song. 
honestly insignificant because the verses are so, so good. stunning. I mean, and Washington Square is is one of my favorites. At the very very end, the the one the main one that was very hard for me to leave off was on almost any Sunday morning. I I've always known you love that I song. I love that song. And I do too, but so to me much. I've always wondered why you've loved it so much. I guess we'll talk about it when yes, we, we get will. there, but I mean, for sure, songs like 1492, Insignificant, on a Tuesday in Amsterdam long ago, so good. To be honest, I don't know if Come Around would have actually... Come <laughs> Around is crazy. Uh, we'll talk about That's it. That's crazy. Okay, let's start with your number five, what easily could have made my list, the second song on the record, Hanging Tree. You open windows and you wait for someone warm to come inside and then freeze to death alone. hanging me up all the time. life is just a... I love this song so much. It makes me so happy. I grinning. I I grinning. (laughs) I grin like an idiot when I listen to this song. Yeah. It starts off like with a cough. It sounds like the band's in rehearsal. Yeah. The song is messy, but in a great way. It's calculated dissonance. Cacophony. Yeah. Yeah. It just explodes in this cacophony of distorted guitars and pretty piano and and squealing. It feels so fun. I don't... Maybe it's just because, I don't think it is, but maybe it's just because one is hanging tree, the other is hanging around. This feels like so, this feels so like much better. hanging around could have been. Or, yes. Yeah, it's like a much better version. I think it's also because towards the end, everyone's just kind of talking and like it sounds like they're all at a party, very similar to, to hanging around. But this is just like, this is the Counting Crows I love. The contrast of white on white. These <laughs> this contrast of these very bare, dissonant verses, with all these screeches and stuff like that, and then it goes into this poppy kind of pop rock, but sick, super catchy chorus. Yes. chorus yeah. This dizzy life of mine is hanging me up all the time, and that um got that country twang a little still in there. Yes. I love that throughout there are these dissonant, sometimes guitar harmonics where they're hitting the, you know what I'm talking about? It's just got this dirty sound that I love. I love like the, wish you would go home. Everyone's just like, all their instruments are just falling apart. And uh, it works so well. And he's so like angsty in the verses. And then it becomes declarative in the choruses. And great messy ass solo, <laughs> yeah. And I great. love, I love when the whole band just goes woo. All yeah. those things, it just feels so fun, but but not cheesy at all. It's so well done. I don't know if you consider this a bridge, but the best part of the song. I got a pair of wings for my birthday, and baby, and, and I, I will oh, fall man, down. Just listen to this part. I got a pair of wings for my birthday. such a party gym. Yeah, there's oh, so man. much going on at the end. Everyone is just like drinking and having a good time and and then I love the little stop and the low. 
Oh, yeah, sorry. Fuck, 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 <laughs> fuck, fuck me. But the like the low piano note, boom, bam, and then they all just coming in and oh, it the makes last, me so happy. The ending of the song is sort of weird and ominous, like clanging. It sounds like inside a piano, a piano or yeah. something like that. It's which is such... cool because they use that sound, la ballet d'or. Yes, in yes. a song later on in the album. But all in all, the song makes me very happy. It, I, there was a point where it wasn't going to make it on my list, but. Over the past few weeks, I've just been going back non-stop. It was a real treat. They played this live at the last show we saw, and I was yeah. like, oh, shit, this sounds good. It yeah. was so Because it's such a great good. blend of the catchiness that they can do, the rockiness that they can do, his angstiness, and the fact that it's all like dissonant but sounds so well. It's a very cool, unique song for them. Love it. I love it. And the lyric, you open windows and you wait for someone warm to come inside and then you freeze to death alone. So well done. There's great Icarus imagery all over this. I read that this is a song both about his grandmother dying and him not being around Mm. uh, during her life enough. And also, very separate from that, losing your connection with someone and sort of having like boring, banal conversations with them and sort of it sort of all falling apart at the same time, which are two very different things. We sort of blended them together in this amazing song. I always thought it could have been called This Dizzy Life. Hmm. I always felt like that would have been a good title. Maybe it's Almost so close a riff to this, on this desert, desert life. life. <laughs> but I always like that as a as a lyric as well. This song kills. Okay, next let's talk about Adam's number three pick from this record and the first song on the Sunday morning side of the album. I wish I put this on my list. This is Washington Square. Again, this was, I feel like, one of the catalysts for me really getting into the band, this mm-hmm. song. Wow. Listening to you play it in the car. Oof. I, would, I remember yeah. like sitting in our driveway listening to it for the first time. And it was so special. This is a very special song, especially in terms of literally the songwriting, the lyric writing. It's all just... The stanzas. There's no real chorus except for when he sings Washington Square at the end of every stanza. Yeah. But I love that structure. Beautiful guitar part. Finger picked. I so love nice. it. That's Emmy, by the way. Oof, There's you. such nice guitars throughout. It's a perfect folk ballad, extremely well written song, great melodies throughout. Great addition of piano as a texture oh, later. Charlie in the song. is yeah. noodling all yeah. over in the best way possible. I love the melody on I locked up my bedroom and I walked out into the air. That's my favorite. The my best. favorite melody. And Bally Porine yeah. and, and Time is a number that rests on a wall. It's gorgeous. Oh, oh kills my me. God. And in the second verse, they bring in the band. There's this upright bass. Well, it's sl- yeah. The, so the exactly. The, sorry, the bass comes in, and then even the third time around, there's this beautiful. Like it picks up even more. The banjo comes in. The piano starts noodling more. They build it very well. There's hardly any percussion. It just sounds like tambourine or yeah. something. Ex- un- until the last one right. where he's playing sleigh bells, which is so nice. And Charlie's. Oh, I love that. Charlie. Yeah. 
Especially I, on that part where he's singing, cover this warm night in a blanket of starlight. It's, it's just starlight. feels very yeah. Christmassy, holiday, Shimmery, the jingle sure. bells or the, uh, yeah. Sleigh bells. Sleigh bells. <laughs> and Charlie's harmonica. That harmonica solo rips at my heartstrings. Yeah. It's very Dylan. I mean, obviously, but yeah. oh man. It's just it's, so good. Something about the lyric, I sold my piano. It couldn't come with me devastates me yeah. just the way he sings it's like it personifying a piano oh man it is hard to listen to in the best way this is such a sad song yeah. in my mind even though it's so beautiful and it's so yearning and all about his home in new york now yeah oh man i loved like a fountain and it left me with nothing i loved like a fountain i love that i've just been spurting out love like a fountain. That's something great about that. And time is a number that rests on a wall. I quote that constantly. Yeah. When someone is uh, talking about <laughs> being late for something or and about being on time, I'm always just like, time is just a number that rests on a wall. Really? I, I say that oh, all the time. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, this is really an incredibly special song, extremely well-written. And also something I wanted to talk about is that in terms of writing these, the orchestrations for Sunday mornings, specifically for me, the one, two, three punch of Washington Square on almost any Sunday morning and When I Dream of Michelangelo is amazing in terms of the orchestrations. And I know that Adam did not want this record, the Sunday mornings record, to just be stripped down, everyone's playing acoustic That's guitars. That's why he, found, he specifically was looking for a producer who was doing interesting things exactly. within the indie folk I scene. I heard that he was trying to go for a Sufjan Stevens approach because specifically Love he Sufi. called Illinois genius yeah in is. terms of the orchestrations which is so true yeah. and it's funny because i love sufyan and there's only two albums i know and that is one of them and i i could actually do you know michigan what he's talking about no <laughs> you are in for a treat after we finish this podcast yes next let's talk about adam's number four pick and mine number three when i dream of michelangelo Your vision of america is crystalline and clean i want to watch So like you said, that's one, two, three punch. This feels, you know, like a distant cousin a bit of Washington Square, yeah. but also a cousin of Carriage in the two-part acoustic exactly. duel, finger-picking. Oh my God. So well done. It is so lush, and there's banjo, and there's, is it xylophone? There's some sort of clinky bell thing that's going on. I think there are this, some bells. Oh man. Oh, no, I know what you're talking about. I don't actually know what that Me is. Me either, but I, I, it sounds like a xylophone it's, type of thing, it's or a vibraphone. It's, it's not. It's I forgot the name of it. Maybe a Celeste. Oh, okay. It has. It's interesting. It has these overtones that kind of yeah. bleed over, and it's kind of dissonant, but in a great way. It works very well. It's such another perfectly orchestrated song. We were just listening to it in the car yesterday, Yeah, and... You it was just, just coming put, you just alive. Put your arm around me. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. It was just this beautiful moment of listening to like such a beautiful song. Oh my god! And goddamn, I have never loved banjo so much. Yeah. That when that comes in, oh my god! Another thing, the percussion that's happening right there—it's like very faint. 
Is that Jim slapping his ass? No. Do you know what that is, though? Wait. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. On the liner notes, Jim oh. is it's like drums, percussion, and slapping his ass. So I was wondering if that's what he was doing. He's tapping a book. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's hilarious. Well, no, okay. he's tapping a book, but I like that though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, very folky vocal performance. He obviously naturally has some folk in his voice, but he went for it on this one. He really wanted to make something that sounded a little more Southern. Well, you know I don't like you, but you want to be my friend. This could very well be a Brandy Carlisle song. I don't know if you feel that way. But I totally hear her singing this at times. Like, Ooh. that's sort of where I would love to hear connect. her cover it. That would be amazing. Oh, oh man. The bridge. Saturn on a line. A sun of fire. On strings and wires. Spin above my head and make it right. You like, you can't catch a sight of angel eyes on emptiness and infinite. And I dream of it's interesting for a record, especially going back to the Sufjan thing. This song is mainly just acoustic, but then you hear, like, as soon as he hits or he like uh swells a cymbal, Jim, it has an effect on it. It goes, mm. it stays and then those in the mix and it covers, yeah. It's like, where did that come from? This kind of electric sound. Um, also, the lyrics to that. I know that you know we were just watching something just where Adam was say. going through all of the the meanings behind these songs, and he said it, and I, I heard Josh be like, "Oh wow." The lyric is Saturn on a line, a sun of fire on strings and wires to spin above my head and make it right. He's painting this picture of a mobile. Like a baby looking up at a mobile. Yeah. And sort of the whole song to him is about the struggle of an artist to reach for something divine or to create something out of nothing. I'm sort of paraphrasing him yeah. here. And just sort of just the concept of being an artist and like creating nothing, you know, something from nothing about writing songs, which is what Rain King is actually also about a Mm -hmm. sea of pens and feathers. Oh yeah. Um, also that line. And I dream of Michelangelo when I'm lying in my bed, this is calling back to angels of the silence, Silences. which he said, he said this was actually one of the first songs he ever started writing. Right. This this came first. He finished it quote unquote with angels of the silences. And then finally finished this one. 15 years later 20 not even what am i talking about <laughs> from angel of the silences oh to, just 12 yeah 12 um i love when it goes back to the bridge chords at the very end of the song and the oh mama <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord. it's endlessly beautiful it is i adore this song next we'll hit my second favorite song on the record didn't make your list on a tuesday in amsterdam long ago Try to remember a girl on a wire tumbling and diving above Stephen's green like a kite on the air. Come this is the sparsest song in their entire catalog. Yes. It is the only song, as far as I'm aware, that is nothing but Adam and piano. Nothing else, ever. The entire song. I think you're right. And also, usually when it's Adam and piano and something, Adam's playing piano. But this is Charlie. 
This is Charlie actually having composed the entire musical uh, accompaniment. I think that makes sense for how much he needs to do with his voice on this song yes. to give him free reign to go vocally. True. I mean, this song is heartbreaking, unbelievably emotional, powerful, powerful vocals. I it's, almost, ha- it's haunting. It's haunting and special. I, I, Just like Angel's, I almost don't want to analyze this song too much. I just want you to listen to it. Just hearing him plead over and over and over again, come back to me, and sort of capturing on tape this unbelievably deep yearning for someone is so moving to me. Like, this is... He is an emotional person, and throughout their catalog, throughout these songs, we've been in love with the way he emotes, the way he does. This takes it to a level that I don't think he's ever been to, honestly, because it's so, it's nothing but him. Yeah. And you just hear the anguish in his voice. Yeah. And it is like, it's so. You can choke up listening to this song. Raw and raw is the word that I needed ugly to use. in an incredible way. Yeah. I remember playing this for dad, and he was just like, ugh. <laughs> well, he's someone who needs the vocals to be pretty, which I wouldn't say. I mean, these for a while are extremely pretty, but mm-hmm. towards the end, as he gets more and more strained, yeah. and when it builds to that epic emotional climax, holy shit. Come back to me Come back to me Oh, come back to me Come back to me Come back to me This is very similar to Change, Change, Change change, 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 or leave me, leave me, leave me, leave me alone. I mm. love these things where he just repeats it. He like beats it into you in a great melodic way. A lot of great melodies throughout the song. You will have to find them by listening to it. Yeah. So I read that this was actually years and years ago before it was recorded, written and performed in less than 24 hours mm. after Gemma or Gemma Hayes his girlfriend at the time and sort of, or someone he was seeing who was touring with left their tour sort of parted ways. And so this is oh, about her. That's so funny because you know, Hazy the was song Hazy her, was written or, or by the her. two of them. I had no idea that this was also about that, but it makes sense because she's Irish and he's in something about no Dublin. No, no, no. In the lyrics, <laughs> oh. he, he talks about Stevens green yeah, and Dublin and Dub- oh, no, Dublin was in Washington square. Oh. But it's again, but all of right. his stuff is thematically related because it's all about his life. But it's funny, I didn't put two and two together. So it's just this raw emotion of him just wanting her back. I mean, so badly, not wanting that relationship to end. Yeah. What's also crazy about this is that he wrote this at the same time that he was finishing up Accidentally in Love. That's right. Think about the differences <laughs> of those songs. Oh this guy God. is so versatile as a songwriter and a vocalist and it's crazy some lyrics i picked out a picture of amsterdam bare trees under glass framed in the gray and white afternoon light of a winter long past doesn't get much better than that this guy and also one of my favorites i think the color of anything fades in the air but she is the film of a book of the story of the smell of her hair that's such a great way i don't exactly even know what he is trying to say from that i take it as she's just like a memory now it's not even that she is 
this thing that was made from this thing that was made about yes exactly it's just like very 2d now and so well done this heartbreaking great song great song great penultimate song for sure yeah like i said my one two punch my two favorites are this going right into come around i love the end of this record so much okay next let's talk about my number four song adam's number two the last song on the saturday night's half of the record cowboys how to talk about this song, this song because nuts. it's insane another master just masterpiece song keeps giving and giving and giving every single section it has like four or five different sections and each one is perfect and builds into the next oh my god just starting off with those guitar chords notes melody it's it's interesting when i when i heard it just like for the longest time, just as the guitar, it sounded great. As soon as I went on piano and actually picked out the notes that they were doing, it's beautiful. Mm. It's actually beautiful if you put it out on piano. The song just gives and gives and gives. It's such an emotional performance. One of his best, for sure. Again, it's where is, you know, what's the line between just extremely emotional and like ripping his heart out and actually like sounding nice and pleasant, but I think it, it all culminates in this song. It doesn't even matter. It just... Sounds great. I think I said this earlier that prior to this record, I had found or someone had posted like a leak of this song, which I don't support. But when I heard this song, I was blown the fuck away. I mean, and and at this time, I had known and loved Recovering the Satellites as an album. But like this was in some ways another level and even darker. And I said, I just remember walking at night listening to the song over and over and over again. And that's the perfect way to listen to this because this is such a dark nighttime song. And we were, you know, we were just listening to an interview where he was talking about what it's about. And sort of this sick, fucked up murder spree kind of fantasy yeah, that isn't really of, him. Right, for the first time, about, he's uh, sort of inhabiting a different character. Well, it's like the the darkest place he could ever potentially go. He never would go there, but it's just like the worst extension of where he was at at that moment. Right. Just everything about the sound, like just in the beginning, that propulsive intro, the groove, the organ. Yeah, the organ. Oh my God. I love the organ. In general, (laughs) with Counting Crows, I love that that is such a part of their sound from album to album, song to song. No matter what feel they're doing, there's still going to be some sort of organ there and it works perfectly. Oh my God. Sorry, I just had to say that. How many, how many <laughs> melodies on this song can we pick out without boring the listener? Well, hopefully none of this bores you because this is the most insane vocal performance. He is just ripping his voice. Just, oh my God. I mean, the verses are so anguished. Who wanted to change the world? What's as easy as murder? <laughs> I love the piano, little yeah. licks that come in. Oh my god! And then pre-chorus sound Dude. is so nice when that drumming s- s- sort yes. of does oh. a shot. Like it's the same like four days recovering yes, the satellite. I never like cue into this until now. I could look at anyone, but and you these guitars know. The are swirling. The mellotron is wailing. Uh. There's just so much happening, and then you get this is a list. 
You for, but there's a part between the two. <laughs> there's come on, come on, come on, oh, come on through now. Just ripping. And then, yes, go. I'm sorry, Josh. This is a list. I tend to get in my help. Tend to get ahead of myself. This is a list. Oh my God. This part. Listen to this. This is a list of what I should have been, but I'm not. This is a list of the things that I should have seen, but I'm not seeing. Look in your eyes. When the band pulls back and then it's just Adam and bass and drums, I oh love that God. sound. It's such a so cool nice. sound for them. His vocals start to falter a little at the end because I am not. Yeah. Mr. Lincoln's head is bleeding. Yeah, but I love it. I love that lyric, by the way. Yeah. Mr. Lincoln's head is bleeding in the front row while she's speaking. Holy Great. shit. This is a it's dark all, song. But it's also, it's not even that. I always thought it was in the front row. It's on the front row. And I only realized that Ooh. recently because he was, I think... Well, he was in the balcony. Exactly. So he's bleeding on the front row. There's something oh, great about it. God. I know. <laughs> oh. I also love... It picks up so well in the third verse. I'll wait for you where Saturday's a memory. And the guitars start crunching in. And another song like Angels of the Silences for me that just keeps on giving. It does not stop. They're just shredding at the end that last. Don't know, no, no. Don't know, no, no. Don't know, no. Oh, my God. This song also is not that short. It's like five and a half minutes. And it goes by like that. Like yes. to me, it is just. Oh, oh man, just so many parts of this song. This song is incredible. Adam definitely considers it one of the best songs he? he's ever written. He definitely did at one point. I think he's written other stuff since then that he yeah. might consider his best. But if I was a hungry man with a gun in my hand and some promises to keep who wanted to change the world, what's as easy as murder? Someone is seeking fame and doesn't know how to get it. And the only way they can get noticed is murder. I mean, is that yeah. sounds like sort of these, oh man, dark song. <laughs> And then lastly, I'll wait for you where Saturday's a memory and Sunday comes to gather me into the arms of God who would welcome me because I believe another one of those run on sentences. And it also perfectly, you know, it's the end of Saturday's. I'll wait for you where Saturday's memory and Sunday comes to gather me. And then it, at the Ties end of the, the song, two parts of the album Washington together. Square just comes in and it's like. It's crazy going from Cowboys to Washington Square. Yeah. Like, but I will say. Very different, incredible masterpieces from the same band. How do you? Think... How do other people not? <laughs> I am so pissed off right now. Yeah. How do other people not see how fucking incredible this band is? Yeah. Well, hopefully we can help in that department. <sighs> Calm down. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of getting mad at people not understanding, let's talk about my number one song on this record that you were flabbergasted by. This song is so special to me. This is the closing track on the record, Come Around. I have started love and sorrow along the way I am calling from some city and I won't be there too long but I could wait and I could waste away what comes back is here you say we're gone So I've said before in previous episodes of the podcast, one of my favorite things about Adam and his songwriting is that so many of his melodies seem effortless and just fall right out of him and just work perfectly in my brain somehow. Hmm. This is one of those melodies. 
the verse melody of this song is so perfect and important sounding and wistful and effortless. And I, Interesting. I just can't get over the way this song sounds. I just love it so much. I can recognize that the chorus, at least in the beginning, is very simple. There's almost nothing there. Which I don't mind. Yeah. I don't. I actually like it. I think it's different for them. It's nice to give the chorus just this simple statement. And it's also, it's repeated, but it's not like overly repeated. And it lets the band just have their riff moment. It's the very cool. The band on this, I mean, talk about this album. We love how much the band, how good the band sounds together. In the beginning, the, the intro with the mandolin, the guitar, the piano, the combo of that coming together, and all of a sudden... Oh, I that... love... I'm sorry, I just Go have to it. say, I love the intro of this song. I also like the quote unquote fake out where you can like, you, cause you might think, Oh, this is Sunday mornings. And it like, it still sounds very acoustic. And then they just kind of huge distorted in. guitar strum in that one ear. And then <laughs> that bass slide, <laughs> the band explodes into the song led by Charlie's Mellotron. Like it is, Organ. excuse me. It is, <laughs> euphoric to me when the even before anything's ever ever said this the band sounds incredible the rhythm section just sounds so in sync like i said the verse melody is just perfect the they have landed in la i yeah that melody oh my god and then the guitar part the that's the most rem thing i've really? ever heard i love yeah and i do love the guitar in that pre-chorus also going just back quickly back to the intro chords i love the chords of that intro so much i wish they they went back to those have you ever thought of that no there's something about at the end of the song as much as i like it when adam comes back you know what they could have done is actually bookended the song with that that would have been interesting. Yeah. I'm down yeah. anything to bring that back. I also just think that loud, it could have been awesome to just go into boom. Interesting. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's great. Um on the second verse, yeah. they make it somehow even better. The drum fills, the piano licks, a new guitar riff coming in. No, 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 no. Oh yeah, my even god. Even his melody changes. You, so when you much. say the drum fills, you mean the I could away. Yes. <laughs> Yes, Jim, you bastard. Jim Dog. Holy shit. I love, it's similar to the other one that I sang, but I am calling from some city and I won't be there too long. Great. Oh my God. That melody, how, how, that melody (laughs) blows my mind. It's simple. It's interesting. But it's beautiful. I really like the melodies. They don't hit me as much, but I love that they're hitting you as much as they are. Yeah. The and then, bridge is also so good. Kind of psychedelic at times. It's kind of desert lifey at that. Yeah. Ah, I love the backgrounds. Also, great melody. After I've been missing for a while, and you hear that summer song, having all the fading. What's interesting is that 
I find the end of this bridge very similar to the end of the bridge of Kid Things. Whoa, I have not because thought this, about that Because this one ends with... Oh, yeah, that ascent. And that one does the same thing. And then they go into a verse that's like sucked away. So whenever I hear this, I'm always waiting for the... <laughs> from Kid Things, which is interesting. But I do love that part when they sort of take it all back and, holy shit, drop everything out. Just Adam and guitar and I guess the hi-hat. And then they add this gorgeous, gorgeous guitar and that bass. Boom, boom, oh, boom. Yes. His vocals build in this tension that sounds like he's about to fucking burst when he's singing like, and you listen to her lies. Like you can hear him singing it through his teeth almost. Yeah, yeah. I love that so you can hear that. different kinds of vocals even now, five albums in, he's doing interesting things vocally that I haven't heard other places. Yeah. And again, that tension and release. And again, that just sends it off to the song just soars at the end. Oh my God. I do love it when his when his harmonies, his own harmonies come back in at the chorus. But the background vocals coming in make the chorus even better. Yes, because sort of, now it fills it out. Oh man. And this other great vocal parts when he's going, when you're gone. I love that. Oh great note. When you're gone. Yes. He's just killing it on this. Just something just warms me about this song that, Unbelievable verses that I can't get enough of. Beautiful bridge. They cut it out for a second. Leaves him. Then he gets more tense, more tense. It mm-hmm. explodes. Then the band comes back. Sounds amazing. Layers their vocals on the chorus to make the chorus even better. And then Adam comes on top of that chorus and riffs on his own melodies. Yeah. Like this song is is amazing to me. This is oh, it's a shit. great final yeah, song really, for the album. It feels like such a great closer. Just the feel of yeah. it is like. Well, also, after such a downer of an album, this is, again, sort of the long December kind of, we'll we'll still come around. No matter what, no matter what shit has gone down, no matter what's going on in our lives, you know, the band is still here after all these years. We're still going to come around, so we're just going to keep making music, and that's the best. I said this earlier, but even though the album is split up half and half Saturday nights and Sunday mornings, this last song was produced by the producer of Saturday Night's Half, and in my mind, I don't see it as part of either half. I feel like there are two halves of the album, and then come around is the conclusion that fits to both of them, in my mind. I agree, and I think that that sort of what they want to because otherwise we write there's six songs on Saturday nights and eight on the other it's a little mismatched well so there are seven produced by each producer right because Sundays is right eight songs and Saturdays is six Um, another thing I wanted to note about this this song sounds I know that Bruce Springsteen is a big influence on Adam and maybe the band in general. This song sounds so Bruce to me. Really? Again, I don't know a whole lot of Bruce, but very much in the the chorus melody, the way it is, just that riff and that organ, it feels very Bruce Springsteen to me, like classic Bruce. I say classic as if I actually <laughs> like know all the stages of Bruce Springsteen and probably my Bruce-loving well, friends would... We may have a Bruce-loving <laughs> friend coming by the podcast sometime soon. Maybe we'll ask him. About uh, I'd love to to hear his or her. Nope, you said him. <laughs> I'd love to hear his opinion on that. Yes. Okay, and finally... On this record, we have my number five pick and Adam's number one song on the whole record, Sundays.
I say about this song? <laughs> Talk about effortless melody. Yeah. Oh I mean, my God. The contrast is so great between these very swaggy verses, nice and percussive and bass line. And it's like, it's so different. And then it goes into this dreamy chorus with the perfect melody ever. Before I even go on with like the song, I'm sure you read this. Part of it, and I don't know what part, was produced by Dennis Herring and David Lowry. This, of this must desert, have been desert a Desert Life. Life outtake. It must have been. Part of it. I don't know what part because... Well, Matt's on bass Matt and Ben's and on drums. Ben, but Ben and Jim are both playing drums, so I don't know what drums Jim played over. Also, I'm assuming that this is Adam's new vocal take. I don't... I'm. I don't think this is a vocal take from the this Desert Life sessions, Over 10 but year, or about ten years ago, it's yeah. like no. I love this Desert Life, so it's not a shocker to me when I found out that this was partially produced by the producers of this Desert Life. It has everything I love about this. But Desert again, Life I don't songs. think they would have brought in a producer to produce this song. In my mind, this was already a fully formed song from those sessions. Well, so again, that pr- they that they production can have to do with also literally directing what you play true, and that kind of thing. True. Except at the same time, Dennis Herring is playing dobro and acoustic on right, this. So why would he be there? Almost 10 years later, just coming to the studio for one song. In my mind... They had this, pieces. They had a piece of it. But it's also possible that this was the song that they recorded and they did overdubs. I mean, that's... It's possible. I don't know what it is. That is... This is like the one nugget of information I have yet to find out that I need to find out <laughs> about Counting Crows because of how much... In New York, you yeah, can ask him. Because I just love this song so much. Yeah. And you know what? It's recorded by Richard Hassall. I don't know how you pronounce his name, who also recorded This Desert Life. Yeah. So, yes, exactly what you're saying is true. Anyway, going back to the song itself, I love these verses. I love belting out these verses. So many great swaggery, attitude melodies. I try to remember everything. Try to remember so you don't disappear. <laughs> and there's just squeaks and squawks and tinkling bells. There's just like, it's just so much it's happening. Back to the, ex- yes, obviously, it's, if this is from this desert life, from those sessions, there's dobro going on. You know what's interesting is that the bass line sounds very familiar. Not even familiar. It sounds very um, similar to High Life. Mm. The verses of High Life. And in general, the verses sound like that. Not his vocals. His vocals sound much more right. uh, angst or attitude Well, maybe that here. was what was changed. I always wonder about that. Yeah, if that's a reason that you leave off, or maybe that's why you left it off the other album, you know, The Sensor Life or whatnot. Or rather that he re-recorded the vocals to make it fit this album better. Right. Yeah. Anyway, the best parts of this are the choruses. Um, you think that you can do without me i can't do anything at all and that melody also is very reminiscent of, reminiscent of four days the oh with oh, yeah. the harmony on it but everything else there's bells going on the mellotron these booming toms i love this chorus so freaking much his vocals on this song are some of his best. I mean, he is just squawking all over the place in the best way. But that's just it. You get his squawking, and then like you whiny, said, in the chorus, angsty, but his chorus is so melodic. Yeah. I always was wondering, 
Is it just like the chorus, maybe that take is from This Desert Life? And this and the verses are more Saturday nights. I have no idea. I'm just so curious because of how much I love this song. But I need to talk about the outro. Unless you have other things in the song. I want to talk about the outro. Okay. The outro is probably my favorite musical moment in life. First of all, blends in seamlessly with the chorus because it comes right out of the chorus. But what an incredible... I remember, when we, again, this is also very similar to This Desert Life, to the end of Amy Hit the Atmosphere and the, the orchestrated vocal arrangement. This is so amazing. It builds, not even like tension-wise, it just melodically builds so well you've got the and then you got these and how can i believe in everything it almost it's just like so much shit is it happening feels almost like a round yes. there's so many melodies interwoven with each other they are and it's produced so well it's mixed so and well the that the bells it's like are still tinkling yes and it's just it's bliss. And it I is. love his melody and I love the hit anything, hit anything and knock out. I think those are some of the highest vocals he's ever hit on tape and some of his best. The best. Best. Yeah. Just the best, Jerry. The best. <laughs> <laughs> it truly is amazing when he hits that note. Oh it's, my God. It's, it's so good. And I love that. I don't believe in anything at all. Just that last note with the end of the song. And it reminds me of his, yeah, oh, long yeah. December. I, I know I'm always saving lyrics to last, but I do want to point out, I want to look into your eyes until I go blind. I like that. It's very simple, but you know what? I typed it in on Google. Couldn't find anyone else who said that. That was like very specific <laughs> to Adam Duritz. Your mother made you in a parking lot. My mother made me out of flesh and wire. Your mother made you out of smoke and rain. Your mother made you in a fire that's faded. I don't really know what he's talking about, but <laughs> that's cool. I love how these verses are very antagonistic. Is that the word I'm looking for? When we were watching him talk about these songs yesterday, he was mentioning how this song, for the first time, it's not... He's usually blaming himself. Right. And this is like from an outsider's perspective you can sort of see how he's still doing that but it's from a very like blaming the other person or yeah that kind of thing so incredible song all right now that we've talked through our top fives of this record let's go through the rest of saturday nights and sunday morning starting with the first track which was also the first promotional single that they put out 1492 this was a hard candy song. We already said that at the beginning, but I how don't know how that's was possible. this a hard candy song? They are just straight fucking rockers. <laughs> yeah, this almost made my list. It was hard to keep it off because sometimes I forget how great this song is. Yeah. But when you put it on, 
it immediately erupts. Like, yeah, just this drum roll and the Hammond and the just guitar squeals. It's just super aggressive. The bass has this dirty effect on it. I'm pretty sure that's Emmy on bass. Oh, Emmy. <laughs> and just like I said, screeching guitars. They haven't sounded this heavy since Angels of the Silence is almost, you know, over 10 years ago. Yeah. And, oh, man, this chorus opens up just like Sundays yes. into this gorgeous, yes. despite the chugging bass and guitars, just a gorgeous melody. Exactly. It goes straight nice from this vocals. just kind of angsty, it's still melodic, angsty verses, but there's something about the chorus that just lands so nicely on these chords and the backgrounds. Where do we disappear? And then he's got the classic, mm. which I love in Counting Crows music. So great. And they've got this dark, angsty, screechy solo, which is so special. And his I think scream. it's one of the best guitar solos. It's awesome. It is so good. You heard the scream that the scream that he does in that solo, right? Yeah. Like what the fuck? I've never heard. He's never does that. But he's never done that before. No, he got it. I love the spoken word part at the end that just sort of builds and builds and builds until Adam just unleashes. So reminiscent of Angels of the Silences to me. Especially that just the band hitting on all fours and the, I am the king of everything. I am the king of nothing. You know what? You just got to hear this. To be honest, the 1492 rhyme always seemed kind of silly to me, but mm. I get why he does it. Like, it, it works once you go farther into the song, but there's something about that that was always kind of like... Yeah, the way nah. I read it, you know, he's talking about, I've you know, in an interview that he said that this is about debauchery in both New Orleans and Milan, Italy. Mm-hmm. And so in his mind, he sort of connected that to American history and Italian discovery, Right, so yeah. I'm not sure exactly oh, that, oh, how they're connected. That's a good point, actually. I never thought because I know a, this is about it's, Italy. It's I never a cool put concept. Two and two together. Um, by the way, we've been talking a couple times about how this was supposed to be for Hard Candy. I read somewhere that this song used to have a six-minute sitar solo in it. What? I don't know. What? That this seems is unverified. Very unlikely. <laughs> I don't know what? where I read this. I don't know. We'll have to ask him on the streets. Um, yeah, he's just shredding his voice. I the opening line of this song. He always has such great opening lines. I'm a Russian Jew American impersonating African Jamaican. What I want to be is an Indian. I'm going to be a cowboy in the end, I guess. Love how self-reflective. Yeah, that how honest is. he is with everyone. Russian Jew American impersonating African Jamaican, obviously because of his signature Dreads. dreadlocks. Um, so great. Also. Skinny girls who drink champagne then take me on their knees again and pull me up and out the door to railway cars and tranny whores and mornings spreading out across the feathered thighs of angels. What? (laughs) One of my favorite lines he has ever written. I love that. Mornings spreading out across the feathered thighs of angels. He's got so many words that he always puts in his music. Feathers, (laughs) angels. I love it. L.A. I like it, right? <laughs> um, yeah, crazy, crazy good song. What a perfect way to open up the album for sure, especially so if this dirty. was oh, one of the man. songs from Hard Candy. So good. Give it a listen. 
From there, we already talked about Hanging Tree. Next, let's talk about the third song on the record, Los Angeles. So this is one that was also co-written with Ryan Ryan Adams, like he did on Hard Candy for Butterfly in Reverse. Also with David Gibbs, we mentioned earlier in the podcast from Gigolo Ants (laughs) or Ants. Terrible name. (laughs) So this is kind of a country twang crows that we haven't heard in a while because it's not really on Hard Candy, and it's like you know what I mean. Yeah, but it still sounds you know just like how Richard Manuel or I Could Give All My Love felt reminiscent of just kind of older, maybe Southern flair. I guess flair. I mean more in the bluesy, country-fried guitar yes. work, especially in country the intro. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I do love that in the intro. And it actually, I think they do something very similar, which I also love in the song Scarecrow uh, from their next album and their most recent album. I love those kind of guitars. I don't know if it's dueling guitars. Like at the end of the song as well, the guitars are responding to Adam and they're just kind of on both sides, whether it's Dan and Amy, I don't know what it is. I love that guitar work. The song as a whole, I've never loved. The chorus is fine. The best part is the post-chorus in my... Because, honey, I'm just trying... The bass. Yes! Love it. Oh, man. There's fun guitar all over the song, um, like any song, really, in this album. The whole song kind of sounds drunk. And I, and I know that, again, from what we were watching yesterday, Adam was talking about how, especially that last part where he's just kind of talking, he's rambling. Street walking. Yeah, he ah. said that he's like pretty sure that he was actually drunk when he recorded that. But aside from that, the whole song, it's not like there's a lot of pretty melodies. It's a lot of, yeah, bluesy, live a lot of goes in San Francisco. Now you want to say you see through me. By the way, that's actually the one line I picked out of this song. I left a lot of ghosts in San Francisco, and now you want to say you see through me. Great. That's a great line. I will say, I fucking hate this bridge. Is this the one you were talking so about before? So much. This is a terrible bridge. for the first time I think the first time in their entire catalog where it does not fit at all it feels forced like a forced it bridge does. in this song I agree I with you I hate it I oh, agree with you I don't feel God. as strongly in terms of my hate for it but it's I like very much the agree. chord change is so awkward it does not work yeah, and it, it is very strange it's you ugly. know what's interesting Ben is playing drums on this song so for me Ben did actually come out to LA unless he's living in LA this is not Jim on drums. Oh, weird. This is Ben on drums. So who knows? And you know, Dave Gibbs is singing background on that bridge. Right. He's the one who co-wrote it with him. Too, right, right, yeah. right. One of the co-writers. Love that last. And man, it's a really good place to find yourself a taco. I hate that part where he goes. <laughs> that really bad place. Ta- yeah, taco. I hate that part. It's so dumb. Oh man, this is not one of my favorites on the album. Clearly, because the terrible same, bridge. Same with me. The taco part the is end. goofy and dumb. It's and goofy, just but doesn't, it's, what, it's what they wanted to do. I mean, it's, you said earlier in the song before it, "Hanging Tree," that's like having a blast, but none of it is hokey. This song feels a little hokey to me, okay. which is unfortunate. Fair enough. From there, we already gushed about Sundays. Then we have Insignificant. God damn, I adore the intro to this song. 
this is also that R.E.M. sound with sort of a 12-string. Is there a sitar in there? I don't know what the hell that is. Some effect of guitar. Amazing bass and drums on there, too. His voice, the melodies on these verses. so nice. Also falls so nicely. Oh, my God. The melodies on these verses should have put it in my top five. Unfortunately, I said earlier that the chorus kills it for me it's sort of the have you seen me lately effect mm-hmm. but oh my god some of his best singing some of his best vocal melodies yes. are on this song and i love when it comes on i i adore listening to this song my favorite part is the second verse could you see me fall in the light of spotlights and jackknife with the backgrounds the backgrounds are some of the best counting crows backgrounds i'm assuming from the liner notes that was emmy mm. thank you emmy yeah. i love that so much and there's this nice yeah. i also love the verses and the bridge oh, bridge is so is short and so nice these little musical twinklings, harmonics on guitar, that piano ends up things. Where yeah. my intentions so clear. Uh, wow, and the wow, solo, wow, awesome wow, solo wow. too. Yeah, solo. And great. the last verse. <laughs> the best part of this song to me, well, just hear this. I just love how much you can hear his emotion in his vocals. I'm not saying anything new that we haven't said in the last God knows how many hours, <laughs> but oh my God, I just can listen to him belt like that forever. Yeah. After that, we already talked about the end of Saturday nights with Cowboys and the beginning of Sunday mornings with Washington Square. Next, let's talk about on almost any Sunday morning. So as I was saying before, this was definitely fighting for the number uh, five spot. This was in the number six spot. Another just very dreary, depressing, morose, amazing song. And what's so special about this one is that there's no drums or bass, but it's like it's a different sort of instrumentation, as in you've got all of the guitars and Charlie and Adam. But harmonica. Harmonica, I think Dan I can't tell if it's pedal steel or some it's slide affected. Slide guitar, yeah. I love that. And I love Dave's just dreary blah, 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 blah going on. It paints such a great it's, This is great low-key atmosphere that I love. I want to live in the this. The orchestration on the second verse is perfect. This is the part that would have put this on my list. And I, I need to play this for you because it makes me feel so Got much. A little further today. Wash your eyes, clear of anything. Just make them empty circles. Dress yourself in black or gray. I'm hungry like a wild. Wait for only child. That is one of the best sections on this album for sure. If you haven't got the reasons, just make up any reasons, then pick them till they're torn. Oof. Wash your eyes clear of anything. Just make them empty circles. Dress yourself in black or gray. Ugh. The song doesn't overstay its welcome. It's beautiful. Yeah, and it's, it's a perfect. perfect part of this record. 
After that, we already spoke about When I Dream of Michelangelo. Let's talk about the next track, Anyone But You. This was also a song that slightly dropped for me. I think I really liked this at one point, just like Another Horse Dreamer's Blues. I don't love it this as much. This is not one of my favorites on the album. I like the Beatles-y Mellotron. I love that the riff that is on sound. Mellotron, yeah. But the the verses, verses are so, are so plotty. boring and plotty. Yes. And the, such a slog. <laughs> the lyrics also don't affect me at all mm. of the verses. Best part is the pre-chorus or chorus, whatever you want to call it. I love the bass. Doom, 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 Another doom, guitar doom, slide. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah, so good. I'll think about anything. It's true. That melody is so nice. But the best part of this song, I think we can both agree, is the end of this song. Oh, man. There's this really cool vocal... It's like a vocal brass choir, as if they were horns. And it's all Adam. Yeah. And he arranged it himself and just sort of layered it. It's almost like he's a Brian Wilson sort of... Exactly. Oh, I, and I love that the, the, the instruments are out and then they sort of slowly kind of fade back in, which you don't usually hear. The final thing I'll say is that this song is way too long. This is the longest song on the album. Isn't that crazy? Is it really? Five and a half minutes long. There's no reason this song needs to be that long. I think that just comes from those plotty verses, honestly. Yeah, it's a bummer, but still pretty good. Okay, and after that, we get to a song on the record called You Can't Count On Me. This was the main single of this the album. This song he, they, sucks. They made... A music video for it too. Why was this the song they were using? Everything about this song for this feels album. forced and awkward and clunky. The drums are mixed awkwardly. This is the worst guitar solo I've heard on their entire discography. So the guitar solo, everything is wrong here. I think okay, there's there's intent here. That's the thing you have to understand. The guitar solo. I remember when we talked about in Motion City soundtrack. Is it Son of a Gun? Yes, it's Son of a Gun. It's the guitar solo that they, that uh, Josh plays. It was something very similar where it just sounds like he's purposefully like doing it kind of shitty. I remember saying at that point that it was reminding me of this solo because oh, Adam specifically wanted something that was kind of like ass. <laughs> he wanted. He really. Well, he, he, succeeded. he likes. I think this song because it's. It does not paint him in a very good light. Right. He has talked about in interviews that, you know, for the last four records he's been talking about sort of self-deprecatingly the troubles he has in relationships and in his own life and how it's probably not a good idea to date him and how be, still being a celebrity, I guess, people are, are or attracted the, to that. Oh yeah, or the That's idea romantic just, that he's right. hard on his sleeve about things. So he wanted to paint himself in an ugly light and sort of flip that phrase. It's not, if you can count on me, you can't count on me that I am this shitty person. And he's got some shitty lyrics in here. And by shitty, I mean like that paint him in a bad light. Right. So regardless of the intent of this song, for sure, it doesn't work. I no. don't like it at all. Basically, so those verses are not awful. It could have gone in other places that would have made the song a lot better. The worst thing is the chorus of this song. The most bland... How could he write this? I don't know. I don't... It's one of these things. It's just mind-boggling to me. If you 
song is such a stain on their album and honestly a stain on their discography. I agree. This is such a bad song. I can't believe it's included here yeah. among so many great ones, surrounded by such good music and great choruses and interesting melodies. I can't. Also, what's this doing on Sunday mornings? It, it, it totally takes you away from the vibe. Obviously, anyone but you is different. It's more of a full band feel. But after this, you have Le Ballet d'Or and On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. This is just such a random piece of shit in the middle of it. And it starts with that sort of distorted guitar, and you're just like, nah, 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 nah. It's like what? no, go away, please. And it's already a long album. You didn't need yeah, this one. True. Agreed. Skip it. And finally, the last song that we'll talk about is Le Ballet d'Or. This very lush, eerie song with spacious guitar and vibraphone yeah Yeah. it's very cool which shows up on a b-side sunday morning la of theirs they also have vibraphone Mm. on that i don't know if they were planning to have that theme throughout but it's a very cool ominous sultry folk song which i kind of like i love that i really love that that descending guitar folksy riff is, is really nice and that tasteful piano all over this song and adam's vocals are fantastic they will leave you they will and I like when he has those warbles. Some are lost yes. to you. Oh, man. Very cool, like, bridge kind of thing where it builds into the some are lost, some are leaving, some are lost, some are leaving. I love that melody. Do you and I'm, I'm not, not gone at all. It opens up really nicely from this more ominous kind of maybe minor song. The chorus is really cool. And actually, Brian Deck, the producer climbed into the grand piano and strummed the the strings of the piano yeah, I think he like he was a like harp. plucking them it was like which is cool again i don't know if they used one of those for the end of hanging tree we right. were talking about that sound but very cool again they're still experimenting in very cool ways it's a pretty epic kind of song it's really cool it's never been necessarily one of my favorites but i love Same. listening to it i agree so after that, we already spoke about my two favorite songs on the record on a Tuesday in Amsterdam long ago and Come Around, and that's the record. 14 songs long. It's a pretty long album, but it's fucking fantastic. It is so good. So many great songs. So much... This the breadth of their talents is on full display here, both musically, emotionally. Oh, man. it's There's so much to love about this record. Thanks for listening to Top 5 Disco, part five in our in-depth discussion, dissection, debate, and analysis of Counting Crow's entire discography. Now that we've discussed the band's fifth album, Saturday Nights and Sunday Mornings, tune in next week where we explore their rootsy sixth album, Somewhere Under Wonderland, as well as their covers album, B-sides, and non-album tracks. But before that, we want to know your thoughts, your opinions, and your personal top fives for Counting Crow's. What are your top five favorite songs on Saturday nights and Sunday mornings, and why? Do you think the day and night concept was successful? Which half do you prefer? Reach out and let us know. You can support us and help Top 5 Disco grow simply by subscribing to this podcast so you can get the new episodes as soon as they come out. And you can find and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and now Instagram for behind-the-scenes goodies and an easy way to connect. Also, don't forget to tell your music-loving friends and family all about us. Thank you so much again for listening. Tune in next time. And remember, it's really all disco.